Some time ago, a priest a few days before Christmas was kind of going through his church to make sure that everything was okay. And as what his custom was his custom, he came to pray and the nativity scene that was already set up about a week before Christmas, much like the beautiful one we have here. And he went there to pray. And that day while he was praying, he found something interesting. He found a small note that had been folded out and kind of placed there in the nativity scene. And he was curious, so he opened the note and it read as followed. Dear Jesus, this is Billy here. I'd really like a bicycle for Christmas. If you can please get that bike for Christmas and put it under the tree, I'd be very happy. Love from Billy. The priest thought how wonderful and he kept that note and he kind of carried it around with him. A couple days later, the priest came into the church again, was doing his rounds and he saw again a small note folded up and put in the nativity scene. And it said the same thing. Dear Jesus, it's your friend Billy again. Uh, just a reminder to please get me that bike for Christmas. If you can put it by the tree, I'd really love that. Thank you, your friend Billy. The next day, the priest comes in, and it's just a couple days before Christmas now. He comes in and he looks at the nativity scene and he sees something kind of a bit strange. He notices that the statue of Mary in the nativity scene is gone. And in the place of the statue of Mary is a small note. And the priest is very confused now and he opens the note and the tone of this note is very different. It just reads, Jesus, it's Billy. It's a couple days before Christmas. I don't see a tree. I, I, sorry, I don't see my bicycle yet under the tree. If you ever want to see your mother again, you'll get me that bike for Christmas. <laughs> so Billy kind of expresses this certain desire at Christmas to receive gifts. And of course, we know Christmas is more than this. But we kind of centered around, I think, this nativity scene, which is very beautiful, very important. And sometimes, actually, we have like reenactments of nativity plays. We had just earlier the CCD, the, the prep kids were reenacting the nativity scene. And it kind of reminded me I was having some flashbacks to my very short-lived acting career. So some years ago, when I was early on as a priest, uh, some people in the parish I was at was having like a, a play. Truth be told, it was a musical and it was a fundraiser. So they were kind of asking me, asking me to take a part in it. And I feel very awkward in these things. So I refused. Finally, against my better judgment, I said yes. And then they gave me a short little singing part. I drew the line at dancing because it's a fundraiser. We wanted people to stay to the end. So we didn't want to do that. So I did this performance. I thought it went okay. The next morning, I got an email from one of the parishioners, and the parishioner wrote me as follows, said, it was so great that you participated in this fundraiser, in this play, and it was great for people to see. I think you taught them a lesson. You showed them that you can really shine, even if you're not perfect. <laughs> so I didn't really know what to make of that at the time, but kind of considering that story, that experience um, in that play, it struck me about something about the nativity and the story that we hear. There's such a difference, isn't there, when we are kind of a spectator to a story, when we're listening to it, maybe we're seeing it reenacted. It's very, very different than taking part in it, being an actor in the story, being a kind of a live participant in the drama that is happening. This really is what we're here to consider this evening. We heard the Christmas story, the story about the birth of Jesus Christ, we heard it, we maybe pictured it, but now it's our opportunity, hopefully, to become a participant in it. It's completely different when we enter into the story of Jesus. 
And in the gospel that we just heard, that we listened to, we saw all kinds of characters present. Each of these characters participated in the story of Jesus, in his birth, in his life, and as a result, had their lives changed. They accepted his grace. They became disciples. They were filled with peace. They grew and became more like God. By becoming participants, their lives changed entirely. So let's kind of consider, I'd like to consider a couple of these actors, these characters that we have in this story that we heard and that we see before us here in the nativity scene. Let's begin first with the angels, the angels that we heard. The angels were the first ones to announce the birth of Jesus. And in doing this, the words that they used were very significant. The angels said to the shepherds, I announce to you good news. They said that. And then later on, they said, there will be peace, kind of peace for people of goodwill. There will be peace. This is very significant, especially when we consider who was mentioned at the very beginning of the gospel. Now, I'm not going to test you or put you on the spot, but you, who was the person at the beginning of the gospel? No, I'm just joking. Who was at the start of the gospel? We heard Caesar Augustus mentioned. Luke, who we heard tonight, does this on purpose. He wants us to realize that everything that is happening is happening in the background when Caesar Augustus is ruler. At this time in Rome, and of course in the whole Mediterranean, the whole known world at this time, the Caesar is the ruler, has complete power. But Caesar Augustus was more than just a ruler. If you look at coins or inscriptions from this period of time, Caesar Augustus on these coins and inscriptions is called Son of God, Lord, Savior, is also called the person who's going to bring about peace, the guarantor of peace, this so-called Pax Romana. So Luke has mentioned quite um, purposefully Caesar Augustus, this character, where there was all sorts of propaganda with this. And now the angels are going to say a different kind of king, a different sort of emperor. Also with Caesar Augustus, we should mention that when he was born, it was announced as being good news. So now we have the angels who are announcing good news, who are announcing that this child to be born is bringing peace, who is announcing that he is Lord, that he is Savior. What the angels are doing are bringing out a bit of a conflict or a choice that has to be made. We see that there is Caesar who claims to be Lord, Savior, Messiah, guarantor of peace, and the angels who say that this person, this guarantor of peace will be Christ. He will be a new kind of king, bringing about a new kind of kingdom. Let's move on from the angels then to the shepherds. The shepherds, and in the shepherds in their characters, we get to learn what kind of kingdom Jesus Christ is here to bring. So, do we have any fans of the crown in the audience this evening? Nobody? There's one, thank you. Uh, so, I've mentioned this show before, I enjoy it, but it's quite interesting because in the crown and in kind of these royal shows, or if you read kind of things about the monarchy, who is the first person to hear the news of a new prince to be born? The queen, or also like kind of the hierarchy, the aristocracy, right? Important people hear the news of the newborn prince. Not the case with Jesus. The first person to hear the good news about the birth of Christ are shepherds. So at this time, of course, at Jesus' time, Shepherds are not very high up on the social ladder, right? They're kind of on the bottom there. 
The angels do not go to Herod's palace in Jerusalem. They don't go to Caesar's palace in Rome. Rather, they announce the good news to shepherds. And this tells us the kind of kingdom Jesus is bringing. Jesus is coming to bring a kingdom that is a world turned upside down, a world flipped on its head, where the people who the world doesn't think is very important, the marginalized, the poor, receive the greatest favor of God. They have their dignity restored. They are raised up. And those people who use their power and their wealth to oppress others are brought down low. So we see then in the shepherds, ultimately the kind of kingdom that God is bringing about, a kingdom in a world that is flipped upside down. We move now to the shepherds, from the shepherds rather, to the wise men, to the magi, and you can catch them up here on the altar. They're still in progress, all right? They're still making their way, following the star. The magi, of course, are found in Matthew's gospel. We didn't hear about them today. But the magi are there for a very important reason. The magi are there to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. At the end of the prophet Isaiah, he foretells in an oracle a time when all people from all over, from east and west, will come to worship God and will come to God bringing gifts. The wise men, the magi, coming from far away, east and west, they come to the king, to the Lord, to God, and what do they give him? They bring him gifts. So here the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, and we learn something new about the king Jesus and the kingdom he brings. This kingdom, this king, is for all people. All people are included in the family of God. All people receive God's grace, God's favor, God's healing, and God's peace. The Magi then teach us this very important lesson. We move then from the Magi to Mary and Joseph, these two characters that really participated so fully in the birth of Jesus Christ. These characters who it was difficult for, obviously, to accept God's plan, the uncertainty that Joseph had in not knowing who the father of Mary's child was, Mary to say yes to Jesus, but it's ultimately through their yes through their overcoming obstacles that they help Jesus to come into the world. We turn then ultimately to Jesus, to Christ, and we saw um, the wonderful family bringing it in here, putting Jesus here in the manger. We have this small baby. Uh, I heard another story some time ago from someone where a grandmother had a custom where she would go and visit churches with her granddaughter on Christmas Eve, and they'd come and pray in the nativity scene. And so they were praying there, and the grandmother turns to the granddaughter and says, isn't it beautiful, this nativity scene? And the granddaughter responded, yes, it is beautiful, but there's just one thing that bothers me. Is Jesus never going to grow? He's the same size he was last year. <laughs> we focus, obviously, on this baby Jesus for a reason. There's other days in the church year where we focus on Christ and his passion, his ministry, but here we focus on the birth of Jesus because at Christmas we call to mind the Incarnation. And the Incarnation is this great truth of our faith where God became a human being, where God ultimately took on everything it meant for us to be human, to accompany us, to be with us through our ups and downs in life. We see then in the baby Jesus, the newborn Jesus, a child that is both ordinary and extraordinary. We see on the one hand that Jesus Christ is unlike Caesar Augustus. He's not born in a palace. 
He's born in a manger. He's born in simplicity. He's born in poverty. Jesus Christ, we see then, is completely different than Caesar Augustus. Whereas Caesar Augustus brings about this Pax Romana through war, through violence, Jesus Christ will bring about peace to us by giving up his life for us. So Jesus is ordinary yet extraordinary. He is God. His birth is announced by angels. Jesus, in the incarnation ultimately, comes, and this is kind of a long church tradition, the phrase goes like this, that God became a human being so that human beings could become more like God. God became human so human beings could become more like God. Jesus came to be one of us, to accompany us, but at the same time we receive the grace, the life of God that changes us, helps us to become more like God, to become more loving, more sacrificial, more full of peace. Going back to the email from my friend, it's because of Jesus ultimately that we get to shine even though we are not perfect. We come then now to ourselves. We heard about all these other actors. And now we are here. We've listened to the story of Christ's birth. And it's an opportunity for us to enter more fully into this story of the birth of Jesus, to enter into his story, to allow it to transform us. And there are, of course, many ways that the birth of Jesus can transform us. One way, I think, is simply gratitude. Now, we heard that story of Billy in the beginning, and it's kind of over the top, but we know that Christmas is about giving and receiving. It's about giving and it's about receiving with gratitude. Ultimately, we are here to give thanks at this Eucharist, which is the Greek word for thanksgiving. One way we enter this story is by expressing our thanks to God. I was kind of touched by what the prep kids did in our CCD students. Uh, one of the classes, they had all the students write letters to the Holy Family. And they came here and they placed these letters here by the crib. And I didn't read the letters, but I heard more or less what they say. And these were very beautiful letters expressing thanks to God. Thanks for their family. Thanks for their friends. Thanks for their talents, their blessings in their life. This is one way we enter into this story of Christmas by giving thanks. We also enter into this story of Christ by becoming part of God's family, entering more deeply into the community of the church. We heard with the wise men, with the shepherds, that the church, God's family, God's community is open to all. It's a place where we are welcomed, where we accompany one another, where we experience transformation. And there's so many ways that we can become a part of our community here at St. Peter's, so many opportunities to grow in our faith for all ages, service opportunities, uh, gathering for worship, of course, and it's when we do this that we are transformed by God's grace that ultimately, again, from my friend said, we get to shine even though we are not perfect. So this Christmas, then, let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us that strength, that ability to enter into this Christmas story, to become an actor in it, to accept God's call. Ultimately, then, we experience the transformation that all these other characters that we see experienced the shepherds, the magi, Mary, Joseph. When we do this, then we get transformed to become more like Christ. Let us make, we could say, this choice to enter into the Christmas story, our Christmas gift to ourselves.